0: In March 2013, a coloring book filled with intricate, whimsical drawings called The Secret Garden was published in the UK by a Scottish illustrator named Joanna Basford and her publisher Lawrence King. The unusual thing about this particular coloring book was that it wasn't made for children. It was designed for adults. And to considerable surprise, it was a massive success. Two years later in the spring of 2015, this coloring book and others like it took off in Canada selling tens of thousands of copies and igniting a trend that's come to dominate display tables in stores across the country. According to the 2015 edition of our annual Canadian Book Market Report, which looks at sales trends in the national print trade market, three of the top five selling nonfiction books in Canada last year were adult coloring books. In fact, the game subject where most of these books are categorized saw a 310% increase over the previous year, and they accounted for more than 3% of all units sold in Canada. Today, you can find lots of think pieces and YouTube brands about the craze. There was a global pencil crayon shortage not too long ago, and there are even adult coloring nights at places like Toronto's Gladstone Hotel. Here's our marketing director, Tara McCallum.
1: It's usually full every Thursday, and people come, and it's more of a like relaxing, um, they'll have a few pints or a glass of wine, and just like zone out and colour. It's it's awesome. We have a few regulars. Um, we actually have one guy who came so frequently and did such an amazing job with um, with his colouring, like shading and uh, amazing stuff. So he's actually our colour in residence. So people can go to him and get tips on, you know, how to make their colouring uh, one step further. So you mentioned tips for colouring. Is that like green would look good here or go lighter in this section like what is it tip for coloring like Um, it's mostly about shading and like adding some dimension instead of just doing like a flat color everywhere um you can do you could you should see what people come out with uh luckily we're on queen street west we're surrounded by artists um give an artist some pencil crayons and you'll be very impressed with what they can pull off
0: while coloring nights like this are popular The data indicates that most coloring isn't actually being done in a social setting. According to a survey we ran with Canadian consumers in April 2016, where 200 people share the way they buy and use coloring books, 83% of those who bought a coloring book for personal use said they prefer to color alone. Women between the ages of 25 and 34 are most likely to color socially, but even then, it's only 1 out of 4. On the subject of data, let's talk demographics for a second. The data shows that the average adult colorer is female, between the ages of 25 and 34, without children, educated with a four-year degree, employed full-time, and most likely married. Women are also more likely than men to buy a coloring book for personal use rather than as a gift. And when looking at those gift-givers, women are more likely to give a coloring book as a gift to another adult than to a child. But in terms of buying preferences, both women and men seem to prefer buying their coloring books in major retailers like Costco or Walmart, followed closely by bookstores like Indigo, with online retailers coming in a somewhat distant third. But enough data. Let's ask some actual Canadians why they enjoy colouring.
2: My name is Gemma Foster. I'm originally from Ireland, but I live in Toronto now, and I'm a digital marketing specialist with a travel company now. I've tended to go for, uh, they have kind of comedic style colouring books, like one of them is called the Passive Aggressive Adult Colouring book. And it's just got like ridiculous stuff in it, like, you know, my life on Instagram, my life in real life, just kind of fun stuff that makes you laugh while you get to be artistic with it. And I do have a number of embarrassingly nerdy coloring books that include Harry Potter and Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, don't worry, those are huge bestsellers. You are not alone.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they're they're uh they're very entertaining.
3: So I'm Alex. I'm a graduate student at Western University in the Library and Information Science program. Um, And I color quite a bit. I started, I think, in October. Um, And part of it is to deal with stress and anxiety. Sort of comes with the territory when you're in grad school. Before it became a thing, not to sound super hipster, but I was like, I have a young cousin who has coloring books. And I was always thinking, oh, I want one for myself. Um, and I would, he was even considering just buying a kid's coloring book to color because I remembered how much I love to do it. And I'm not particularly artistic. I can't really draw, at least not to like my own standards. So it's less stressful uh, and it's a good creative outlet because you can't really mess it up.
0: It's often said about coloring that it's a great way for people who don't feel particularly artistic to be creative without the pressure of a blank page. On the flip side of that, though, most artists aren't necessarily huge fans of coloring. But for Ryan Bruxen, a stereo compiling artist from Durham region who makes 3D movies, coloring presents its own creative challenges and opportunities, even for artistic people.
4: It's something that's not, um, there's no pressure to perform. Like, I don't have to please a client with it. I do prefer to draw um, if, uh, you know, if the mood strikes me. Um, but it is, it is nice to sort of uh, change pace um, because you don't have to create um, the image from scratch or anything like that. Primarily for me, it's, it's messing with the actual color space itself um, and, uh, and just trying to say, hey, you know what? I wonder if I can do um, a realistic copper color without using any, um, any metallic um, at all. Just using browns and oranges and reds. To you know, give the viewer the impression that there's copper on the page without actually using a copper color, anything or anything, any metallic colors at all.
0: And as a dad of two, it also gives him a new way to bond with his kids.
4: We do a lot of activities together, and that's something that you know, it's it's not you know high impact, obviously. So it's something, and it's funny because um, when it's when it's a bonding activity like that, sometimes they'll just tell me about you know how rotten something happened at school was or you know how much they enjoyed uh you know activity um that they learned in science or something like that
0: but the number one reason for coloring it's not creativity according to our survey and countless anecdotes it's relaxation and it's no secret that coloring books are being used this way lots of these books actually include words like stress relief and therapy right on the cover
5: I color when I'm feeling anxious or frustrated because I find it's really relaxing. It helps my brain go offline for a while and gives me something to do with my hands when I'm keyed up.
0: That was Sherry, a self-professed coloring enthusiast. The meditative and calming effects of coloring have even been corroborated by professionals. Zeba Luxmore, a counselor at George Brown College and a registered psychotherapist, says she's been suggesting coloring as a method of self-care to her students for years. You
5: know, self-care is something that is, it's a really, really important thing, something that perhaps. Uh, many of us, it can be really, really helpful to have in our lives, especially sort of in these days of high stress and um, and just sort of being on the go all the time. And so, with students, they're often really, really high a lot of high stress with regards to school and things like that. And so, self care it's often something that we discuss. And so, we usually when I frame it, it's usually in a way of let's do what works for you. But I'm um, I found specifically this year that more and more I I've been suggesting coloring as one um way because i find coloring is an easy to pitch idea it's um it's really approachable. It's really accessible for, uh, for students. So, you know, you can just go print off an adult coloring sheet off the internet. Um, we sell adult coloring books in the college bookstore where they buy their textbooks from. Um, there's a peer group on campus that once a week, they actually set up a table with coloring pencils and paints and um, coloring pages. So it's, in that sense, it's really accessible. It's something that when I say you know, like, why have you ever tried coloring? To them, it's, yeah, they have colored, perhaps not recently, but at least as a child. So they can draw upon that experience, they know what to expect. Whereas if I say, have you tried a mindfulness session or mindfulness meditation, that sometimes can be a bit more daunting and a bit more overwhelming, because they might say that, you know, might be in a new experience for them and something that they've not tried before. So I like suggesting coloring because it is more accessible, and I find students are more open to trying it. Definitely, in the last year or two, I have been suggesting it a lot more. Um, however, before that, there, you know, in the therapy world, there's and in an sort of mindfulness-like um, area, there's you know something called mandalas that um, I've often had printouts of and, and encouraged students to color as well. So that was, I'd say, like for the last I don't know seven eight years. I've had handouts of those mandalas in my office that I would occasionally give out to students, but, um, but it wasn't, I don't, I, I don't know, I just never gave them out as often as now I'm now that since coloring has become more of a mainstream thing, it just sort of feels like it's easier to, um, to sort of
0: explain and
5: to get across to students.
0: So, okay, we've established that adult coloring books are a big deal, but how much longer are they going to stick around? Last fall, Daniel Rothstein turned his illustrations of every library branch in Toronto into a colouring book called All the Libraries Toronto with Dundurn Press. At the time, it seemed like serendipity. Daniel had all these amazing black and white illustrations already created when the colouring craze took off.
6: All the Libraries Toronto um, started out as a blog. It was an illustration project where I visited every branch of the Toronto Public Library and drew their exteriors. Um, and I I did so in kind of a simple pen and ink style, uh, and I wanted to create a record of all the buildings in a similar style so people could compare them all and see how different each branch was and how different each part of the city was in kind of a cohesive way. When I first released the drawings, when people saw them, they asked me, when's the coloring book coming out? Because they, the drawings kind of really lend themselves to that. And the adult coloring craze was just beginning to start. So um, I, I I released drawings and I, I wanted to create a book of the drawings with descriptions and I kind of shopped it around and dunder and, was really receptive to the idea and they said do you mind if we market it as a coloring book and that sounded fantastic to me because if uh i was uh, the idea was transforming into that anyway some people are saying is this a fad and i don't think it is because i think adults were coloring for a long time it's just now they've kind of come out about it
0: also unconcerned carrie gleason the editorial director at dundern
7: definitely been a good thing uh for the book industry our sales in our coloring book, don't don't show any signs of slowing down. We're, it's still selling strong. We're not seeing um, nearly the same kind of returns that we would with with another book that's not a coloring book. Possibly because the book is selling into different um, different markets. So you know, gift shops as opposed to you know, Indigo or so those stores are medoco say stores like that. So those stores are less likely to return. So we're definitely seeing strong sales. Where we've um, we've we're almost through our first printing of the book. We'll probably reprint just to capitalize on the um, you know tourist season coming up and stuff like that. So I don't I don't think it's gonna. I mean, all it's a trend. So all trends eventually fade away or 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 whatever. But I don't think this one is going anywhere fast. I think what will happen is that we'll just oversaturate the market with too many. Too many many coloring books, too many options.
0: Though not all adult coloring books fall into this category, most of them do. So let's look at sales trends in the game's subject for insight. If we look at the game's market share in Canada for the last year, and by the way, a market share is the percentage of units sold in this category relative to all units sold in Canada keeping in mind that we're only looking at print books. We can see that the games category rose steadily starting last summer, hitting 1% in June, then 2.5% in August, and then an all-time high of about 3.5% over the holidays. Since then, it's dropped down to just over 2%, which is about where it was in July. So make of that what you will. It's too soon to call, but if the trend is on the decline, that would definitely be good news to its many detractors. Maybe you've heard this particular rant from actor and YouTuber Russell Brand.
1: The best-selling books in the world are no longer Bibles, Korans, or interesting scientific introspectives on the workings of anatomy and the universe. They're colouring books. What has turned us into terrified divs that want to live in childish stupors? I suppose you can't argue with the fact if people are buying these books, then obviously it is fulfilling a need. But what is this need? What... Is this disconnect? What have we lost that the answer to us seems to be, look, I'm just going to do some colouring in. Please leave me alone. Can't just retreat into childhood and hope that the adult problems of the world will disappear. I mean, this is an apocalyptic end of days. Item, that adults are so terrified, so mentally ill and frustrated that they're going to re- regress to a second childhood rather than face up to the very adult problems we have of approaching Armageddon.
0: So, is it infantilising? Much has been written about the Peter Pan market, where adults read YA books, go to summer camps or playhouses, and now color. Are we regressing as a society? Uh, it's a bit
5: unfair. I think it's being a bit harsh on it. I think there is a nice sort of safety and security to coloring, right? It's when I suggest to a student, "Hey, you, you know, maybe go draw." If I give you a blank sheet of paper and what to draw, that like brings on a whole other level of like overwhelm and daunting. Whereas it with the coloring, yes, yeah, sure, it you know there already is a picture that you have to color, so there is some security in terms of and parameters in terms of like your coloring within those lines and um you know i I just don't see it as infantilizing or aggressive behavior. um we do a lot of things that children do, and I think just because we're grown ups doesn't mean we can't um enjoy some of the same kinds of things, right I mean grown ups and adults play in their own way. Uh, we read books, we write you know there's just all kinds of sim- it's just sort of a silly I think that's a, a really silly criticism of.
7: You pick up a coloring book for a different reason that you pick up a book to read i don't I don't think they're I don't think they're direct in direct competition with each other. I think that people who enjoy coloring or crafts or anything like that, like this this is another thing that they do in addition to reading. I don't think it's a competition at all.
2: I'm not sure if it's going to be around forever, but I can speak for myself and say that I'll probably continue doing it.
0: There certainly doesn't seem to be any shortage of ideas for adult coloring books. There are, of course, lots of pop culture options like the current Game of Thrones, Doctor Who, and Harry Potter books. But there are also wackier ones, like the one all about Bill Murray called Thrill Murray, Color Me Drunk, a drinking and drawing activity book, and Dinosaurs with Jobs. So on that note, let's ask our panel of colorers and experts if they can identify the real adult coloring book that was actually published in 2015 from this lineup. Is it A, color me bad, we want to color you up, B, the sweary coloring book for adults, C, the life-changing magic of coloring outside the lines, or D, the official 50 Shades of Grey coloring book, find your red room of playing.
5: The third one? Uh, my guess is B. Is it B,
6: the sweary?
2: Um, Is it the first one, the Color Me Bad one? The
0: answer? It's B, the Sweary coloring book for adults. Go figure.
2: Oh, man, I want to get that now. <laughs>
3: there you go. There's a good
2: recommendation for you. It's an awesome recommendation. I'm glad the Fifty Shades one wasn't real. That would be disturbing.
0: According to our survey, 40% of those who bought an adult coloring book last year gave it as a gift, And it's interesting to note that more than half of gift givers gave the book to a child under 11. So I suppose you can take the craze with a grain of salt. But At the end of the day, a whopping 86% of book buyers also said they plan to buy the same number or more coloring books in 2016. So we probably haven't seen the last adult coloring book hitting shelves just yet. I'd like to offer a big thank you to Tara, Ryan, Daniel, Gemma, Carrie, Alex, Sherry, and Zeba for taking the time to talk with me this month. And an extra thank you to Booknetter Lauren Stewart for coming up with that coloring book trivia question. If we haven't stated your appetite for data on adult coloring yet, we'll also be sharing even more of our survey results on our blog in the coming weeks. So you can look for that at booknetcanada.ca, where you can also learn more about what we do. We gratefully acknowledge the financial support of the Government of Canada through the Canada Book Fund. And of course, thanks to you for listening.